Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Would you be the jerk for being upset if your own parents forced you to meet your child? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for kicking a couple out of our wedding for getting engaged during the bouquet toss, which resulted in that being the center of conversation for the rest of the night? My wife and I, 26-year-old female and 32-year-old male, got married two weeks ago. At our reception, her cousin Rachel, 24-year-old female, caught the bouquet. Apparently, her boyfriend Ross, 25-year-old male, had been carrying a ring around, waiting for the right time to propose, and decided her catching the bouquet was a sign. So, immediately after Rachel caught the bouquet, Ross ran out to the dance floor and got down on one knee to propose to her. She said yes, and so obviously this shifted all of the attention onto Ross and Rachel. Everyone surrounded them to congratulate them, and Rachel asked the DJ to play their song for them to dance, which derailed the next few things we had planned. I already wasn't happy about this because we only had the photographer available for a certain number of hours, and I was worried about going off the schedule, but what really upset me was that I could see that my wife's feelings were obviously very hurt that Ross and Rachel were stealing our thunder. My wife is really not the type of person to want a lot of attention or to be comfortable spending a lot of money on herself, so our wedding was the one special day when she was able to do so without feeling guilty about it and seeing it get ruined for her was awful. I decided to ask Ross and Rachel to leave, and at the time my wife agreed with me, so when I next had the chance, I pulled Ross aside to tell him that I didn't appreciate him upstaging us, and that I thought it would be best if he and Rachel left early so we could enjoy the rest of the night. Ross started arguing with me saying I was acting nuts, which caused more of a scene than I expected or wanted, because a small group of our wedding guests overheard the conversation and jumped in with their opinions. Ross and Rachel did ultimately agree to leave, but for the rest of the night people were talking not just about them getting engaged, but also about me kicking them out. Everyone was on our side, but even so, my wife and I weren't happy that people continued to talk more about Ross and Rachel. The reason we wanted them to leave was because we didn't want to keep being reminded all night of the stunt they had just pulled on us, instead of being able to simply celebrate our marriage with our friends and family. My wife has since said that it was wrong to kick Ross and Rachel out and we should have pretended to be happy for them in the moment so as not to further ruin the night because people would have talked less about it that way. Rachel's mother has also complained to my wife's mother about me kicking them out, saying that we should have brought it up to them privately later instead of letting a faux pas turn into a squabble because now that's the only thing anyone's going to remember about our wedding and or Ross and Rachel's engagement. I do still think that Ross and Rachel, mostly Ross, were jerks in the situation, but was I also? Yeah, I really don't think OP's the jerk here because I think you have more than enough reason to be justified in feeling the way you did. It wasn't like you got physical, it wasn't like you yelled and screamed and threw expletives. You got rightly upset that something so important and expensive got utterly sideswiped by something that's not just a faux pas, but like inscribed in some ancient things not to do at a wedding text or stone tablet somewhere. 
I can't blame OP personally, can you? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for letting my brother and family stay with me after a flooding, but not my niece? I, 37-year-old male, have been married to my husband, 41-year-old male, for four years. I came out to my family as bi when I was 16, and from the very beginning, they were nothing but supportive, and to this day, almost my entire family accepts me as who I am. My niece, 20-year-old female, is the only exception. She's my brother's, 43-year-old male, daughter, and despite her parents showing no prejudices against the LGBTQ community, she doesn't make a secret of her homophobia. I don't know where her beliefs stem from, but the day I first introduced my husband slash then boyfriend to her family, she's been very hostile towards us. She was 14 at the time. She refuses to speak to my husband, barely acknowledges us at family gatherings, and despite her father constantly chastising her, frequently uses the F-slur to refer to members of the LGBTQ community and calls same-sex relationships disgusting. Due to a severe flooding, my brother and his family have been forced to evacuate their house. My husband and I have a guest room and a sofa bed in our living room, so when my brother asked whether his family could stay at our place for a while, I told him that him, his wife, and their younger children, 15-year-old female and 12-year-old male, were very welcome to stay as long as they needed to, but that we weren't comfortable letting his oldest daughter stay with us. He seemed to have been expecting that answer and told me that he understood my reasons. When he broke the news to his daughter, she was furious asking where else she was going to stay and that she had nowhere else to go. From what I know, my brother offered to help her pay for a cheap hotel, but she doesn't want to dip into her savings because she doesn't work, and she's been living with my brother rent-free. Apparently, she's been staying with a friend for a few days now, and she's been telling her mother how awful it is there. My brother is still supporting my decision, but his wife has started trying to convince me to let her eldest daughter move in. She's been pushing me to get over her comments because my niece is still young and naive and that she couldn't have known her actions would have major consequences. She's advising me to be the bigger person and not let my hard feelings for her daughter stop me from helping a family member because that would be a jerk thing to do. You know, even when I was 20 years old, I definitely look back and think, oh, I was young and I was naive and I was pretty stupid. But if you get to 20 years old and you're going around saying same-sex relationships are disgusting, casually or regularly still using the F-slur, I think you're pretty set and pretty explicit in your beliefs. And I can't blame OP for not wanting to expose them or their partner to that behavior, family or not. I just can't blame somebody for not helping out somebody else who shuns their entire existence. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not letting my husband take our toddler to a remote island cabin? My husband, 41-year-old male, wants to take our toddler son, 2.5-year-old male, to his remote Canadian cottage without me. This cottage is in another country, it's in Canada, we're from the US, so on top of it being a four and a half hour flight away. It requires a 3 hour drive and then a 30 plus minute ferry ride, as the cottage is located on an island that is only accessible by boat. Last time we stayed at the cottage, there was no hot shower water for the entire 5 days. Before that, I was exposed to bats in the sleeping room and had to drive to New York to get vaccinated for rabies. Before that trip, we lost power and had no hot water and I had food poisoning. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The water is unfiltered from the lake. It's always something going wrong and I'm just so, so sick of it. I told them I'd stay for two to three nights next year, but I don't want to stay five nights again. It's also very difficult with a toddler who never sleeps through the night. This cottage means a lot to my husband. He has fond memories of being there with his family and friends when growing up, but it has always been a source of intense anxiety and discomfort for me. From the bugs to the bats to the lack of basic amenities, we often lose power or hot water. I just always get stressed and dread being there. Every single year, I dread it. My husband knows this and has been working on fixing up the cottage, but it's just very uncomfortable for me and he knows this. I've put up with it for years, but I'm tired and want to limit how long I'll stay there in the future. Now he's threatening to take our two and a half year old son there for a week plus without me, which I find unacceptable. I've never threatened to take our son anywhere without his consent, much less to another country. Our son is afraid of flies, screams and cries whenever they get near, and doesn't sleep through the night. I don't think he'll enjoy this trip that he's too young to consent to, especially with his mom gone. Am I the jerk for telling my husband that I won't allow him to take my son to a different country without my consent? I don't think OP's the jerk, and I think they have a lot of very valid reasons. When you have a two and a half year old, even regardless of the fact that they're scared of flies, I don't think you want to expose a two and a half year old toddler to some of the things that they probably would get exposed to there. I mean, just for the simple fact that they're not used to that stuff, and at two and a half years old, they're a lot more susceptible, aren't they? The last thing I'd want to do is whisk a two and a half year old off to another country to gamble on their immune system being able to handle unfiltered lake water. Our next story is, am I the jerk for purposely making rules that I know she wouldn't stick to if my sister wanted to move back in? I, 23-year-old female, have two older sisters, Chloe, 29-year-old female, and Demi, 31. Demi is married and has a son who is one, and she recently found out she's pregnant with her second child. Chloe is autistic. She used to live with me, but I had enough after I was doing everything, and all she did was watch movies on her tablet for 12 hours a day, so I kicked Chloe out. Demi had a spare room, so Chloe moved in. The rules are as follows. No eating in your bedroom. Chloe must keep one hour aside every day just to clean her bedroom. It doesn't matter if it's not a full hour just to pick everything up from the floor. I don't want any books, clothes, or rubbish on the floor. She has a bookshelf. She has a wardrobe. She has a laundry basket and storage. That's what they're used for. Must make her bed every morning. 
The main important one, Chloe must have a job with a minimum hours of 16 per week and must have kept that job for at least three months. When Demi asked about Chloe moving in due to her having a second baby, I set these rules. Demi called me a jerk because she knows that I know Chloe won't stick to them. The thing is, our parents are deceased and Chloe's on a waiting list for assisted living, but because services are stretched, she has a five-year waiting list. Am I the jerk for purposely producing rules that Chloe has to follow if she wants to live with me again, knowing she won't follow a single one? I just can't blame OP. I don't know if it makes me sound like a bad person, but sibling or not, it doesn't automatically make it your responsibility to be this full-time caretaker for somebody that can't take care of themselves. By all means, it's a wonderful thing if you do, but I don't think it just makes you a bad person if you don't want to. Also, a very minor thing, but I would never be able to live up to these rules. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't made my bed. I think making your bed beyond changing the sheets is just kind of a worthless exercise because it's all generally in the right spot after you're done sleeping anyways and it's just gonna get messed right back up. I get brushing your teeth, I get taking a shower. What does making your bed every morning actually solve or prevent? This next story is, am I the jerk for buying my biological daughter a car, but not my stepdaughter? Before my stepdaughter, Christina, currently 19-year-old female, started high school, I made her a deal that if she kept above a 3.9 GPA for her freshman through junior year, I would buy her a car for up to $20,000 to have her senior year, on condition that if her GPA dipped below a 3.9, I would take it away. She kept a 4.0 throughout high school, so I let her pick out a car before senior year. During her sophomore year, I met my now wife Jenny, now 40-year-old female, and her daughter Emily, 17-year-old female. Emily started her senior year a couple weeks ago, and a few days ago she texted me asking when I was going to take her to look at cars. This took me by surprise as I didn't realize she expected a car. She has a 2.7 GPA and spends more time curating her Instagram than doing her homework. I explained to her that Christina received her car as a reward for good grades, not as a given. I later felt bad because I guess I didn't give her the same incentive that I gave Christina and I told her that if she could get a 3.9 GPA with her senior year grades and get into an accredited college or university, I would let her pick out a car upon graduation. I thought this was a fair deal or even unfair towards Christina since I made her keep a 3.9 for all four years of high school, but Jenny pulled me aside after Emily went to school and told me I was being unfair since Emily had different circumstances than Christina. For background, Jenny's ex-husband and Emily's bio dad was a very wealthy man who spoiled the crap out of her. Everything she wanted, all she had to do was ask for, for the first 12 years of her life. She didn't try in school because her dad promised he would get her into any college she wanted and give her a job at his company afterwards. Then, when Emily was 12, her dad was arrested for serious tax fraud. Essentially, he's in prison now, and Jenny has some money of her own but nothing compared to the life of luxury they were both used to. I think Emily is very hurt by what happened and she also hasn't had the chance to develop a work ethic. I told Jenny that I think my only wrongdoing was not helping Emily develop a work ethic sooner, and that my hope is that she rises to the occasion, cleans up her act, and gets the car. I also said I would do everything I could to help Emily research colleges and perfect her application, but Jenny wasn't having it. 
She and Emily have both been giving me the cold shoulder the past couple of days and still think I'm treating Emily unfairly. I really don't know what to do. I want to give Emily a goal that's challenging but attainable, but at the same time, I don't want to put a strain on my relationship with my family. I think OP's being very fair and very reasonable here. I mean, to put OP's goals and expectations in perspective and in comparison to how Christina is doing, I'm going to be honest, in high school, I did almost no homework, no studying. I coasted the whole way through, all the way through senior year. I finished with a 3.0 GPA. Now, apparently 3.0 GPA is the average for high school students. It means you got like a B minus. But the thing is, I had multiple classes, three or four throughout my four years of high school that I completely tanked and gave up on. And I still finished with a 3.0. So to have a 2.7, I think it's very indicative that they're really just not even trying at all. I just can't blame somebody for not buying their kid a car when they averaged a C plus throughout all of high school kind of seemingly by choice. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not telling my coworkers I'm married with children? I, 36-year-old female, have taught kindergarten at a private school for the last eight years. My wife, 38-year-old female, and I married four years ago and have 18-month-old twin girls. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I've always been nervous about people perceiving me differently if they know I'm a lesbian. So I've never come out at work. I thought about doing it when we married and again when we found out we were expecting our daughters, but I didn't want the added stress. It took a difficult IVF process to conceive our daughters and I didn't want my coworkers potentially negative reactions to take the joy out of the moment. My wife carried our daughters and I took two weeks off after they were born, but it was labeled as personal leave, and I just told my coworkers I was dealing with a family matter. My coworkers and I will socialize somewhat regularly during lunch and school events, but I will never mention my personal life. Oftentimes, they try to set me up with men they know or ask me if I want children. Recently, my wife and I were talking about how she wants to enroll our daughters in the school I teach at when they're old enough. I then explained how that would create an awkward situation because my coworkers don't know about our family. This made my wife extremely angry because she was under the impression that I was out to everyone. She believes that me trying to live this sort of double life is a sign I'm ashamed of our family and is embarrassing to her. She also said she believes it's setting a bad example for our daughters, who will one day resent that I kept them a secret. I don't know what is the right thing to do. While I can somewhat see where my wife is coming from, I also believe that I should have the right to my own privacy. The anti-LGBT rhetoric has only gotten worse in the past year, and I think it's possible I'll be ostracized by my coworkers and the parents of my students. There are currently no openly gay teachers at my school. So, I'm not sure how it'll play out. Am I the jerk for keeping my family a secret to avoid the stress, or is it an unreasonable thing to do? I don't think OP's in the wrong here. 
and I find it very disheartening how OP's partner immediately took this information and just ran off with their own narrative. I personally believe that you doing this is a sign of you living a double life, being ashamed of our family, embarrassing, and also I believe you're setting a bad example. Well, maybe it can be argued that it would be a good thing to be fully out there and embrace who you are and your identity, but man, do I hate how they immediately ran with, oh, this is just because you're ashamed of our family. As if OP's explanation of being afraid, of being tormented, judged, or in any way put down by their co-workers is an invalid reason to feel the way and do the things they did. I think that fear is reason enough to understand why OP hasn't opened up. This next story is, am I the jerk for calling my 35-year-old male, wife, 35-year-old female, a spoiled brat? My wife, 35-year-old female, and I, 35-year-old male, have been together for 10 years, married 5. We grew up completely different. She's the only child of a surgeon father. Her mother died when she was two and it was her and her father for most of her life. He remarried when she was 17. He's wealthy, sent her to private school, paid for her college, and when we met a decade ago, he was still paying her rent even though she had a solid job. I come from a poor family, but we both have pretty good jobs and make around the same amount of money now. She is such a daddy's girl and it's been affecting our relationship. Anytime she wants or needs something, she goes to her dad first, and sometimes it's about things I could help with. I work in tech and back when we started dating, she was starting grad school and she asked her dad, what laptop should I get? I told her I actually work in the field, which she already knew, and could easily answer that and get her what she needs, and she just kind of shrugged. Okay, fine. These little things have happened throughout the last decade, but there have been bigger issues recently. Last year, she decided she needs a new car. I disagreed. Her car is fine and she works from home and barely drives. She was adamant though. About a month later, she tells me she's getting a new car. I told her we need to make these decisions together and we share finances and this is a major purchase. She says, oh, my dad's buying it. He said we can just sell mine and get some extra money. I told her it's kind of ridiculous to ask her dad to buy her a brand new car when she has a perfectly good one and we don't need it anyways. She got upset and said it's not that big of a deal and her dad doesn't mind and that the car wasn't that expensive anyways. She said I'm overreacting and that it's okay for her dad to do nice things for her. She got a brand new 2022 car, completely paid for by her dad, and we sold her old one. Now we're buying a new house. We've finally narrowed it down to two options. We were discussing it last week and my wife says, Oh, I don't think house A is good. My dad said he thinks we could do a lot better in our budget. Before she talked to her dad, she loved house A. So I got a bit frustrated and said it didn't matter what her dad thought because this is our family's home and he won't be living there. She got angry, we started arguing, we both said mean things. I called her a spoiled brat and said she needed to grow up and she got upset and slept in the guest room and it's been a few days and we've barely spoken. She said I was so mean to her. I kind of get the sense that she's grown very accustomed to just letting her dad do the thinking for her. Admittedly, I feel like this is something I still struggle with, where when I have to accomplish something or do something, Growing up, I was never empowered in a situation to truly kind of think for myself. 
So I think I have a tendency to rely on others' opinions on things way too much before ever just doing something myself. I mean, at a certain point, I think it's easy to live your life kind of feeling that way, where you don't really have to worry or figure things out for yourself. You just ask somebody else their opinion, latch onto that, and keep it moving. It's tricky because I feel like there's a lot of moments where there is some insecurity going on from OP, but there's also some incidents where OP clearly feels confident in their knowledge of something, and not only does their partner not think to ask them, but when OP clarifies, hey, I know a lot about that, I could easily help you, you just get some kind of weird shrug because you know these things and want to help out. I don't know if it's necessarily black or white here. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not helping my family financially after she made me homeless over a cat? My oldest sister and I, also female, grew up in poverty, were homeless as kids, and never were taught how to manage money or make it last. When we were adults, we got jobs and moved in together. I made minimum wage while she made decent money. I would also watch her cat for her when she was at work, worked fly in, fly out. One day we got into an argument because I got accepted for a well-paying job that unfortunately meant I would also not be home for a couple days at a time. She lost it and said if I couldn't take care of her cat, then I had to leave or pay all the rent so she could hire a cat sitter. She then threatened me with violence or getting rid of all my belongings if I didn't go immediately. So I was made homeless in the middle of winter. Luckily, I was able to crash on my friend's couch until I saved up for a new place. A couple months later, my sister and I talked and she apologized. I accepted the apology, but our relationship hasn't been the same. It's been about three years since then. My sister called and said that she's missed a lot of work due to this or that and needed help with money for rent. I paid her rent because even though she made me homeless, I don't want her to go through that. Now a month later, she called again and is asking for more money and is promising to eventually pay it back. I honestly have little trust that she will because she never learned to manage money. I told her that the position she put me in sucks because she literally made me homeless and didn't care about my financial struggle at all when I had nothing. She said she didn't know what to say because I was right and it was crappy of her. I feel bad because I hate hurting people and I know how bad the price of living is right now. So am I the jerk for not helping my sister financially? I think honestly most people would say that OP's already gone far and above what most people would do. I don't know OP's financial situation but I'm assuming it's not trivial to help out, especially multiple times like this. I don't blame OP in one bit. This next story is, am I the jerk for implying to my coworker that I please myself when my husband is away? I've been at this company for about two years now, and one of my coworkers, John and I, have become pretty good friends and get along well. We're both happily married and just friends, though we do catch up on life during work hours. My husband's been away on a business trip for two weeks now. John and I were chatting in the office this morning, and I mentioned to him that I've been at my house alone for the past week and pretty bored without my husband. He asked me what I do to pass the time, and that I must be a bit pent up with my husband gone for that long. I was surprised that he said that, but I feel comfortable enough around him that it didn't bother me and I chalked it up to playful banter. I jokingly told him that I know exactly how to please myself when my husband's away. He got really awkward and uncomfortable and we've been distant since. I just checked my inbox and there was a meeting on my calendar from HR. 
I try to message John, but he's not responding, and my manager came by my desk and told me that my behavior is ridiculous and did not speak to John until I'm told otherwise. Am I the jerk? I'm guessing he didn't necessarily mean it to angle towards that conversation, but it very easily could have been interpreted that way. Honestly, I feel like if you're pretty good friends with somebody, especially if they've been there for two years, it's not really like world-shattering stuff to hear. Honestly, I'm surprised they'd be willing to just go and report you to HR like that. It's kind of just not cool of John. It's not like OP even commented like explicit details or even hit on John, so I don't get what the issue is. This next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to pay for sister-in-law and canceling the vacation? I, female 28, have a great relationship with my niece Ava, female 9. She loves me and I love her. She has no issue with staying with me for days on end. So I asked my brother if I can take her on a trip with me to Disney for a week. I knew she would love it since we watch Disney movies together all the time. He wanted me to ask sister-in-law. Definitely. She said they'll let Ava go if sister-in-law can come along with. I asked her if it was because she didn't trust me. She said no, she just wanted to come with. I told sister-in-law she can come along with as long as she pays her way. We can all share the room, so she'll have to get tickets, airplane, and her own ticket. She said she didn't have the money for it and since I don't have kids or family and has enough income, I should pay for her to come too. I didn't like it. Technically I have the money, but I don't like the way she said it and I have my own financial plans. I told her I won't pay for her. She said she won't let Ava go. Though disappointed, I cancelled the idea. My brother called me the next day asking why I cancelled the trip and Ava was looking forward to it. I didn't tell her about the trip. I told him my conversation with sister-in-law. He was upset with sister-in-law but didn't have money to pay for her. He asked if I would cover. I said no, just on the principle. I felt sister-in-law was forcing my hand and I didn't like it. Now my brother's calling me the jerk for refusing to cover sister-in-law and cancelling a vacation I promised Ava. I didn't promise Ava. I don't think OP's the jerk here. They wanted to bond with their niece and have a great one-on-one experience. If others want to invite themselves too, fine. But if you invite yourselves, you can't just go, hey, count me in on that tab too. Our next story is, am I the jerk for leaving when my mom forced me, 22-year-old male, to meet my daughter? So earlier this year, a girl I once hooked up with texted me and told me she has a one-year-old daughter and I might be the father. I didn't want to believe her, but we took a paternity test and it turned out I really am the father. She didn't tell me she was pregnant. She didn't tell me when my daughter was born. No, she only told me when my daughter was one year old. This and other circumstances led to me not wanting anything to do with her or my daughter. Of course I'll pay child support. But she didn't give me any chance to bond with her. Well, my mother loves children and immediately got in contact with the mother and met the child. They've been very close and meeting regularly. I have no problem with that at all. I just don't want to meet her myself. Okay, so now to the story. My mom broke her foot and needs help at home, so I moved back in to support her. I helped her with her cats, with food and household stuff. A few days ago, I met a friend and came home very late and slept until 1pm when I was woken up by some voices coming out of my mom's bedroom. Mind you, she doesn't have a door, and I'm sleeping in the living room, also without a door. So I listened to the voices, and it really was the mother and my child. I didn't want to meet them, see them, hear them, or whatever. 
I was so mad that my mom would do this to me without waking me up so I can leave. I just got up and left the house. Later that day, I got an angry text from my mom and my grandma saying I'm a horrible son for just leaving. My grandma said some hurtful stuff about me being like my father. I'm so confused right now. Am I really the jerk for just leaving because she invited two people I didn't want to see? I'm honestly not even going to focus on what OP's really concerned about. I'm going to point out that OP's the jerk because they said they didn't let me bond with them. Now they're a one-year-old. It's too far gone. I don't want anything to do with either of them. I'm sorry, but what do you have to do to catch up with a one-year-old? They can probably hardly talk. Their entire vocabulary is probably mama and no. If you can say one word and poop your pants, you're all caught up with a one-year-old. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy Am I the Jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.